blame oh, him. I was you the could one blaming him with that. that. Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson wants us to go. Oh, your team sucked, Barker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking, blasphemous. And I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Daft Text Podcast. Alongside me today, as always, is our producer Parker. Hello. And we're recording on a Friday today because there is just so much damn news already. Finally, after what felt like four or five, almost a year of uh, no news at all, we have lots of hockey and baseball and some football too. So we'll start with hockey. We finally know the name of the 32nd NHL team, the Seattle Kraken. Parker. I just want to get your thoughts in one second, so I'm going to give you time to prepare, but I'm going to have you give them a grade and give me a breakdown what you think of the name, all right? Okay. But the Kraken of the new name, for anybody who didn't see, the logo is letter S, uh, and the middle of the logo is a little pentacle. It's supposed to be like, you know, kind of like taking up the negative space. Color scheme is like teal-ish, and then like a dark blue and a, a red accent. Really, really unique color scheme. So... Let me get your thoughts. What do you think of the whole Seattle Kraken? I like the name somewhat. Okay. The logo is nice and sleek. I like the secondary logo a lot, the anchor. Right, uh, with the space needle in the middle? Yeah. The color scheme is a bit unique, where it's the teal and the red. There's like right. dark blue. There's, it's a nice color scheme. It definitely stands out. I like it more than I like the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights, it took me a little bit to get used to. But the Kraken, I think, like, coming out of the gate, they're a little bit better in the graphic design department. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel the same way. I think the name is the only thing I'm going to deduct points for. I do like the Kraken, but it's a team, not one person. So, I don't know. I felt like the Krakens for the works better. But to each their own. Love the color scheme. I really like that, like, teal and blue with the red accent. It kind of steals from the Winnipeg Jets a little bit, but that's okay. I'll give them a pass. It's kind of like a mixture of the Jets and the Sharks. Kind yeah. Of. And I do really like the logo. I think the S with the squid in the middle is really, really unique. I think the secondary logo of, like you said, the anchor with the space needle in the middle is also really interesting. Overall, I, I give them a really good grade on it. I think they did well. Yeah, again, I like it a lot more than the Golden Knights one. When the Golden Knights first came out with theirs, I thought it was really basic and bland, and the color scheme I thought was really muted, and it didn't. I didn't really like it too much. It was like too much like gray. I think this is a bit more vibrant and uh, more attention grabbing. I should say. Yeah. Well, also let's not forget that this team did not have to fight the U.S. Army for naming rights, unlike <laughs> the Golden Knights. So, just gonna leave that out there. So. Obviously, it's hard to say right away without them having players, but it would be really interesting to see how competitive they're going to be out of the gate. Yeah, it looks like this expansion draft, when it comes around, it looks like there's going to be better players available in it. Right. While with the Golden Knights, they sort of just, for the most part, got people scraps besides Flurry. Like, I remember right. when Florida practically begged them to take Marcheseau and Riley Smith, and they both ended up being pretty good. William Carlson, yeah. the yeah, Blue Jackets were okay with like, getting rid of. He ended up being really good. Yeah, I could see them being good with the goaltending too, because there's a lot of like second and third goalies in the NHL that might get like a crack here that deserve it. So we'll definitely see. Yeah, the thing is with the pool that's going to be available for this draft, 
it looks like there's going to be more solidified NHL players that are going to be taken as opposed to younger guys who are somewhat unproven. Right. So we'll definitely see with that. But overall, I like the team itself. I think they'll do well for the fans. Uh, I know a lot of people were very excited to get their hands on a jersey or all other merchandise. I honestly wouldn't mind getting a hat, honestly. I think they look really nice. And they'll begin playing in 21-22. So the expansion draft will be next year, and I guess they'll have the third best odds I can either pick. Something like that. So I'm right, just glad on. the West huh? Conference finally has the same amount of teams as the East. Yeah, it is nice having what, a 16-16 finally. So, as far as hockey goes, the play-ins begin next Saturday. We know that the bubbles are being set up. Some players have obviously missed the bubble. I know there's a couple players who were unable to make it, like Pasternak and Kasha. The Bruins specifically came out and said like they're a little disappointed that they were out. It seems like they were out of the bubble, like doing recreational stuff when they should have been quarantining. I know there's a couple teams that have had that issue. The other thing I saw today was it doesn't sound like they're letting a lot of journalists in outside of the NHL.com journalists. Did you see that? Yeah, they're really limiting the amount of people that are in the bubble to just the teams, the coaching staffs, and NHL reporters. Which I don't don't necessarily agree with that last one because there's a lot of reporters who don't write for NHL.com that are arguably better. Like, I think... I remember listening to, you know, the 31 Thoughts podcast, soon to be the 32 Thoughts podcast, I assume, and how they basically weren't sure if they were going to give Elliot Friedman a press pass. Of all people, I feel like Elliot Friedman should be at the top of the list. You know, he's the guy, and he's not an NHL.com writer. So will he get a press pass? I, it doesn't sound like anybody outside of that, like, little bubble of NHL writers is going to get it. They'll have to do their writing from home, which, I mean, is okay, but I feel like you're giving an unfair advantage to the NHL writers, you know? Well, the NHL writers are the ones that are the most directly associated with the NHL as opposed to, like, ESPN writers or, like, SportsCenter, like any of the other writers. So it kind of makes sense that they picked the NHL.com writers, and it also makes sense why they're trying to do that, because, again, they're trying to just reduce the amount of people that are coming in and out of the bubble. But I do get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel at that point, don't let any writers in. I just feel like you're giving preferential treatment to your people, which, okay, obviously you're going to prefer your writers, but I'd argue that when it comes down to it, the NHL itself as a brand is not bigger than ESPN or Sportsnet or really any sports site. And having those writers on hand is going to get you more exposure and more runtime than it would having your own writers. Like you... If you stick with your writers only that write for your site, you're only going to be writing for people who already watch hockey. You're talking about the chance to watch a sport where people need to start following more and have the opportunity now on live TV, and you're taking away that possibility of reading articles after. A lot of sports is sports journalism. So, I don't know, I feel like it's the NHL shooting itself in the foot, but why should I be surprised? Yeah, I think the way that they're looking at it is that they're going to be getting coverage anyways from ESPN and SportsCenter just because hockey is going to be back. But I do think it's a little bit short sighted on their end, too. Yeah, it just seems like even if you take away the fact that it's biased, it seems dumb from a marketing standpoint. Like I said, it, Sportsnet and ESPN are both bigger than the NHL. Like, there's no doubt about it. They reach a wider audience. 
you're talking about companies that reach out to four or five, however many of the major sports they cover. You're talking about one sport where it's the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to North America. And the exposure you could be getting, you're just whisking away because you want to have yours on site. Like, again, this could have all been alleviated. I'm not saying allow more people into the bubble. I'm saying just don't allow any writers. You don't actually need anybody there. You're making that argument already because I'm assuming, you know, I mean, it's fair to say that sports and ESPN probably were upset by them taking writers out, right? Mm-hmm. So you're already probably making the argument to those companies, hey, well, you don't need to be in the bubble to get your coverage. Well, then why do the NHL writers need to be there? It's the same thing. You, they literally can't have any contact with the players or coaches. They have to do everything through media scrums via FaceTime or whatever they're using. They're not going to have any contact other than being up above the rink. I mean, are they even going to get a better shot at the game than, they, than you would being at home? I don't think so. So, I don't know. It's it's really weird. I don't know if... I, and I say it's a bias, but again, like I don't know if them being there is actually helpful or hurtful to the writers. I feel bad for those writers who have to quarantine in there. I know they don't have to stay in the bubble, but they also have to, like go in and out of it, you know? I don't know. It's an odd situation, but it wouldn't be the NHL without that sort of mishandling. Same old, same old. Moving right along, so we'll kind of skip over the play-ins for this week, because we've talked a lot about them, and we've given our matchups, but we'll obviously get into that more next week. But as far as hockey goes, we've also got the draft coming up, we've got the award show at some point, I don't know when that's going to be, I'm assuming that'll be after the playoffs. It's going to be a really, I mean, there's, what is it, there's like 108 games or whatever in like the first week of being back. Is that right? Or like 90-some games, I think? 90-something games. Yeah, is there, am I not having the number? Is there not like 90 games to watch now? For hockey? Yeah, because like with all the matches, maybe that, that actually does, well, in the first week, yeah, that's about right. Okay, yeah, because the play-ins, they're five-game series, right? And there's... Yeah, uh, how many playing like playing yeah, matches so, for? Something like that, yeah. Okay, so that's twenty, and then you do seven for the rest of them. That's like, no, I'm not good at math. Uh, <laughs> that's probably in the ballpark, maybe like around sixty to eighty, depending on how they shake right. out. I mean, either way, it's a good amount of hockey games, so that'll be fun. I plan to watch most of them. Yeah, same here. They could be doing, from what I remember, it's like there's gonna be. There's going to be multiple games a day. Yeah, it's going to be basically a game every two hours, uh, and, you know, within reasonable amounts of time. So that'll be fun. The other thing I'm curious about is how the on-air stuff is going to work. Like, if they're going to have... I mean, are they going to have, like, Doc Emmerich and Eddie Olchick at the games? Are they going to have, like, the like the analysts there? It'll be interesting. Well, I was watching some of the NBA games that were going on the other day. The one was the Clippers and the Magic. And it was kind of just like watching a game just without a crowd. Right. They had the color commentator the, and the play-by-play guy. Well, and... don't they have the screens, too, like around the, the court? Hmm? Don't they have, like, screens, like TV screens around the court? With yeah. The That's, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a way to simulate, you know, having a home crowd. Interesting. <laughs> but it's not... I, yeah, it's not too, like the overall uh, viewing experience isn't drastically different. All right, I, I, I've got a gripe with sports. I've got a, 
I've got a rant. I I love how, and especially with hockey, the mentality, the culture. Oh well, these players they play through every injury and every everything that happens, and nothing's bigger than the cop, right? That you gotta have that winning mentality. But then I hear the same people who say that dumb shit say, "Well, these players can't really play as well without crowd noise." So you're telling me, you're telling me that players who play with broken bones and punctured lungs like Patrice Bergeron and all kinds of injuries, including concussions, which they're not supposed to play through, and they can't play without background cannon fodder. Am I understanding that correct? Well, I think they can play without it, but it's also kind of a mental thing. It's sort of like when you go to a concert, okay? And, you know, there's the band playing in front of the audience. The band feeds off of the energy that the audience gives off, and the audience, in turn, feeds off the energy that the band gives off. It's sort of like a symbiotic thing. And that's also how sports works in home games. You have the team that's riled up, you have the crowd that's riled up, and it's just they sort of just feed off each other. If you don't have a crowd that riles up from when you're doing really well in a game, you don't really get a sense of momentum. I mean, well, you do get a sense of momentum, but it's not like... It's not I, strong, like if that makes sense. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue that you you basically just proved my point, doll. Because yeah, I know I get it that it does make a difference. But that's the thing is, these players always say that they can that. I literally have heard every single playoff season that all they need to do to get amped up for the cup is realize that they're in the playoffs. In some way, shape, or form, I've heard that quote that they don't need any extra motivation. They just got to get amped up for themselves. What, I'm sorry, can you not get amped up to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year? Is that a problem for you, Mr. Hockey Player making $5 million? I understand that there's an extra benefit to having crowd there. And yes, of course, you make a good point. It's like a band. You feed off of each other. The crowd, if, if you're dominating possession, the crowd's going to start either booing their team to like get the puck out or shooting or whatever, whatever to, you know, the crowd's yelling. But at the same token... These players have said that even in media scrums, when they ask them about players about getting booed, a lot of the teams that get booed, especially I remember back in Edmonton in like 2011, the players said, well, we don't take that into account. We don't really pay attention to it. Okay, if you don't pay attention to the crowd during the game and you're so laser focused, then you won't worry about the crowd when they're not there. And I know they're fucking lying when they say they don't listen to it, but this is the problem with hockey culture. And this is my issue. And this is my issue with every sport. Because it's the same damn issue with baseball. The players saying, well, we don't listen to the crowd when they're booing. Well, okay, then you won't know when they're not there when you're winning. Like, this, do you understand what, what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I think it's important to never listen to players during interviews. Right. Because they just, it's sort of why? like, it's a very canned PR response where really it just, it's just a lot of words that tell you nothing. Well, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't believe for one second that they don't hear the crowd. I absolutely know that having a crowd there helps you. Why wouldn't it? You know, you're the home team. You should have your team rooting for you or your your fans rooting for you. But the fact that they have said for the past how many decades in sports, well, we don't pay attention when they're booing. We can get ourselves amped up. We don't need extra motivation like playing a home game seven, which is a very popular narrative, too. Like, okay, then get yourself motivated. You just survived the pandemic on a global scale. What else do you need to get more amped up for? You're alive, you're playing hockey for a living, 
and you're literally having i know living in the bubble can't be easy being away from your families but you're literally getting every meal paid for and you're getting everything paid for while you're there get yourself amped up or don't that's fine but don't pretend like you are this hockey culture guy i don't want to hear about it well here's the thing about when a player says that they don't pay attention when a crowd starts booing what are they supposed to say? Are they supposed to say, yeah, that pisses me off? If they say that, then that's a media story. You get headline, this player is soft. Or this player can't handle crowd noise. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a catch-22 with like what they could say. Well, okay, uh, this is a whole different rant that I'm not going to go on right now. But uh, <laughs> if you go to a game, if you're going to a game for your fucking team and you're booing, you're part of the problem. But, I mean, yeah, I don't expect the... If I, okay, we'll take a different sport. If, I mean, we'll take a very popular lightning rod for criticism for the fans. Bryce Harper has said some shit throughout the years that has gotten him in the media hot pot, okay? He's called a reporter a clown. He's <laughs> talked about fan noise in national ball games. He basically openly come out before he came to the Phillies and said he was leaving. This is a guy who's a lightning rod. I am going somewhere with this. Just follow me along here. If a player like Bryce Harper, who is already a lightning rod for criticism, comes out and says, yeah, I don't like the fans booing, does it fucking matter? Yeah, I mean, no kidding, he doesn't like the fans booing. I, and you're right, it would be a story, because some dumbass, or maybe not a dumbass, maybe somebody like Ken Rosendahl, who writes great articles, comes out and writes, well, Bryce Harper doesn't like the booing. Okay. And, guess what? If I came to your job, and you were having an off day, and you're flipping burgers, whatever you're doing, I don't know, I respect all hustles, but you're flipping burgers, and you're not doing good, and I start booing you, are you going to enjoy that? Probably fucking not. Like, <laughs> it, it's really that simple. Like, damn, Einstein, where'd you find your first clue? <laughs> I told you I was going on a rant, and I'm not done yet either. Like, the thing is, okay, I'll say it for the players. Fuck the fans sometimes. That's what it comes down to. Because fans are annoying. Like, yes. I myself am one. But I'm annoying at times. We say some dumb shit. We call for coaches to be fired. I call for Mike Sullivan to be fired this year. And he should have won the Jack Adams. I changed my tune last week. We say things because we're fans and not players. It's up to the players to be better than that. You get paid millions of dollars to play a sport for a living. You play a game. If you can't handle a little bit of booing and jeering, and you can't handle some dead noise while you're in an open hockey room or wherever you're playing, then you shouldn't be playing. How much different is it for, for oh my god, the last part of this rant, and, and this is where it sounded, how many times have you heard the backyard rink story? Oh, I grew up playing on a backyard rink in fucking Saskatchewan or whatever. John Tavares and Carey Price drove miles to go play in an empty rink. What? Oh, so you're telling me you can't get yourself rubbed up because you make $10 million to go play a game because you have to play in an empty rink that you already said you enjoyed playing in when you were fucking younger. You can't go out and do that. You can't just pretend. You can't do it for your teammates, do it for the fans at home. You can't. You got to have that noise. You got to have that ambiance. I get it, but come on. I don't want to hear the hockey culture thing if you can't get into a hockey game to get paid millions of dollars because there's, it's a little too quiet for you. I'm sorry, I got no pity for that. I pity them for that they have to go through this pandemic, away from their families, and play this game, because it was rushed back a little bit. And I do take pity on them as people, 
I don't take pity on the players because they need a little bit of ambient sound. Because if I'm getting paid $25 million to go chase a little black rubber puck around the ice, I can get myself jacked up enough to play playoff hockey. I rest my case. Chris, who hurt you? Gary Batman. Listen, Gary. Oh, I'm saying. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I told you I was going to rant. Now that you got that out of your system, how are you feeling? I'm feeling better. Yeah, it was, it was good. Hey, how about this? How about instead of your fan noise, you just play my rant over and over again online? I'm sure that'll get the players pretty fired up. I'm sure it would. Anyway, segueing away from hockey, baseball is back. We had our opening day night, whatever you want to call it, yesterday. Did you watch any of the games? Oh, crap. I forgot to set my fantasy lineup. I was going to make a post about that, but I deleted the group. Uh, I'll have to fix that. That's a side note for after <laughs> the show. Uh, yeah, so fantasy is back. Noticed that yesterday. Had to get Aaron Judge in. Got me two hits. Bang, bang. The best pitcher in baseball, Garrett Cole, got himself a W. I had a great opening night. Okay, Max Scherzer played like poop. That's great. Love yeah, that. well, there was also a rain delay. It, so. Love that. My batting average sucks yet again. Shocking. Half my players have COVID. Oh my god. And like, <laughs> three of my best players opted out of the season. Chris okay. Sale, David Price, Buster Posey. I'm like, okay. So, we'll do and- something I don't, we don't do a ton of on this show. We've done it before. We'll have a little bit of a fantasy minute. So, for any of you fantasy GMs out there, what we're doing in our league, if you wanted our tips, I don't know why you would, because we fucking are stupid. But if you'd like our tips, we have decided that if a player opts out after the season, or before the season started, that if you have them drafted, you get a free pass on the next year. You can keep them along with your three keepers, which is what we allow. But anybody who wants to take our lead, that's what we're doing, is we're having them keep. So, Parker, you'll be okay. You can keep for sale next year, if you so desire. Yeah, I'd like to keep them. Overall, it was a good opening night. I thought things went fairly smoothly. Then again, we had, um, not to get political, we had some people boycotting the MLB because there was kneeling, because they are stupid. <laughs> oh, here we go again. I'm not here to alienate people, but um, if you listen to this show, and you think you're being intelligent by boycotting a sport because people are kneeling, then you're not listening to the people that are doing it, you're not listening to the leagues, and you're not listening in general, and then I don't want you to listen to the show. Very simple. Is that that hard of a comment? I don't think so. Is that controversial? I don't think so. Is it controversial to be right? Discuss. I think it's important for any movement that goes on. It's important to know the context behind it, know why it's going on, and also look at it from a historical perspective to see other movements that have been similar to it, other actions that athletes have done in the past are similar to what's going on now this isn't a unique thing this has happened plenty of times in the past across multiple different sports across similar issues right and you alluded to it in the right way at the start of it too which is to understand a movement you have to look into it and listen i'll make it clear i have absolutely no problem if you look into the reason they're kneeling if you decide that something like Black Lives Matter, it, you, you, like, you don't understand the kneeling, but you support them. I can't leave, I have time for you. We can have a discussion. Maybe I can change your point of view. Maybe I can't. But if you at least show that you support what they're doing, but you don't support the kneeling, okay. 
I have time to least listen to your point of view. If you just come out and say to me, you don't like the kneeling, so you don't like a thing like Black Lives Matter, and you don't care, you just want to watch sports, keep politics out of baseball, or whatever the sport is, I don't have time for you. Because that tells me that you're not listening, you don't care, and by proxy, if you aren't a non-racist, then you are a racist. There is no middle line. I don't care at this point in time about discouraging potential listeners, because it's either you're right or you're wrong. And in this context, you can either support them, or at very least understand their plight, or you can be wrong. That's the side of history you'll be on. It's sports, but it's always been sports. It was sports when they had the segregated leagues. It was sports when they, we still never had a woman in, allowed in the leagues themselves. And it was sports when we had politicians endorsing teams. It's always going to be just sports. Plus. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I despise the comment that athletes should shut up and do their jobs because mm-hmm. these are people that get paid millions of dollars to play a sport and by proxy of that they also have a large platform to reach a lot more people than they would have otherwise and i don't see an issue with using that platform to advocate for change or reforms or anything that needs to get done that should be getting done already i don't see the issue with that right at the end of the day and like you said they have the platform they have the money a lot of people in situations like these wish that they had the money to donate if i had a million dollars to donate that wouldn't affect me i would donate a million dollars to you know something i support if I had that money, if I had any money that I could just spare and don't... <laughs> if I, I had any I, money, <laughs> I feel... Oh, I felt that but, statement. But, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, when I, when I get money and I feel there's a cost of supporting, I do it. Because that's what the athletes do. They just do it on a larger scale. That's great. We say all the time, athletes need to use their position. Sports are so boring, for the most part, except for basketball, which has a long history of, like, supporting movements. But you look at how sports are the three majors especially like baseball hockey and football as well and you you begin to understand why they're so boring because players don't speak out we have players finally coming out and throwing their support behind movements like black lives matter behind movements and again let me reiterate one important factor it doesn't matter if you are mike trout the best player in baseball if you are Sidney crosby if you're tom brady if you're lebron james if you're Jim from accounting, if you're Bob that works at the donor shop, if you're Janice that works in HR, it doesn't matter who you are. You do a job just like they do. You go into work every single day. You come home, and at the end of the day, on Super Tuesday, you go down and you cast your vote for who you believe in that will help the country. They do the same thing, and they're going to do the same thing with their voice. If you can go talk at the water cooler to your coworkers and talk about how much you like or dislike the politics in America, or wherever you are, then so can they. They are people too. There is no shut up and play. Because it's not shut up and weld. It's not shut up and do my taxes. It's, it's just, you're a person. They have every right to do what they want to do. No matter what politician they support or what cause they're behind, freedom of speech is freedom of speech. But the whole shut up and play thing, like you said, is the most infuriating thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I saw, I'll continue this a little bit. I saw a lot of people for whatever reason, in the 21st century... Parker, what year is it right now? 2020. In 2020, 
after a global pandemic, after what everybody said should bring our global community together, I saw people getting bent out of shape that there was the first female coach. And, oh, she's taking a knee as well. Bro, let me give you the loudest fuck you I've ever given somebody. If you are still talking like that, don't listen to our show. Don't watch baseball. Go back to the cave where you've been buried for the last 30 fucking years. Because you're out of touch, and I don't give a fuck. Does that make sense? And I'll apologize briefly for the expletives. Parker, you're going to have to mark this one explicit. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that for the past, like, ten ones. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) But I came and fired up today. I told you I wanted to talk about this stuff. We got it done. So baseball is back. That's a long way to say that we have baseball back. We're getting sports back. Do you want to talk about Antonio Brown? So (laughs) what I will say about Antonio Brown is he, and I'm going to use claims here, he claims he retired on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he actually is, but he did claim that he is retiring from the NFL. Although he did say that last year, and then he came back. So, who knows? It's just something that happened. I mean, but here's the thing. Um, Antonio Brown, and while I have no doubt that some team would take him on a league minimum, whatever that is, because I don't know the NFL cap, they would take him on a league minimum contract, I'm sure some, a lot of teams would do that. He's not looking for that. He's looking for money. He's not going to get it. Him saying he's retiring from the NFL with no interest by any other teams is like me saying, I'm retiring from the NFL. Or you're retiring from the NFL. Because guess what? Ain't no teams interested in paying us $32 million to go play football either. Like I said... I don't know, man. I think I can make a mean punter. You know, you got the... I think you might have the run-up for it. I mean, you can't be worse than, uh, oh my god, Josh Scolby, because he was pretty bad for a while. <laughs> that's a throwback. That is, uh, don't remind me. So, that's my point about the whole Antonio Brown thing, is yeah, he's retired in the same way that we're retired from the NFL, because ain't nobody want us either. Like, again, if he took league men, or close to it, if he took a cheap contract, I have no doubt that a team would be in on him, especially a playoff team, regardless of how much of a bad person he is. But that doesn't matter in football. Speaking of bad people in football, the former Washington team is now the Washington football team. Are we going to start seeing a rebranding across the league to have names kind of like soccer, where it's just football club? I, I don't hate it, but I don't think so. I mean, it really depends because, okay, here's the problem. For Washington, there's no other team near Washington that would be called Washington football team or Washington football, okay? For New York, you've got the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, and the New York Giants. So you can't have two New York clubs. Side note, that's why you see soccer teams like Manchester United and Manchester City. You'd have to do, like, New York City football or New York State football. I don't think we'll see that. Yeah, that that was more of, like, a rhetorical joke more than anything. Well, okay, listen, you didn't preface it with that. I thought you were asking a legitimate question. Oh, sorry. I was like, oh, I mean, he makes a good point. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Like, listen, Miami football? That sounds good. Pittsburgh football? I don't hate that. You know what I mean? 
I can see it. Philly Football uh, Club. It actually kind of has I, a ring to it. Philly Football <laughs> Just Philly Philly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Nick Foles. Um, so the thing with Washington not even really trying to rebrand this year is that I wonder how the players feel about that. Would you want to play for a team called the Washington Football Club? Well, I wouldn't want to play for a team called Washington right now either, if I'm being honest. Yeah, their PR department must be having a blast trying to spin this in a positive way. Okay, and if I remember correctly, I was watching it, I think it's like an ESPN 60 on 60 or whatever, I don't know, it was like a talking head about this. Is it true, so Washington, their owner, obviously, I know he did not want to change the name, he was pressured into it. Is it true that they were also the last football club to allow black players? I believe so, yeah. That was uh, up until, like, the mid-1960s. That's what I thought, yeah, that their president didn't allow them, yeah. So that's, so this is a club that has already had its fair share of controversy. Their owner can take a hike. I mean, man, I feel so bad, like you said, for the PR department. I don't feel as bad for the players because, like, Washington football is not that bad of a name. If anything, those jerseys are hideous. I'm sorry, they are. I've always thought the Washington jerseys are bad. I'm curious, though. Let me ask you this. Even if we just stick to the NFL, there are other teams with sort of connected names. And, again, I saw on this program I was watching on ESPN, they were talking to... um one of the uh like the representatives for the uh the, one of the tribes at the tribal the tribunal uh, the tribal tribunal if you will he was talking they asked him about teams such as the blackhawks and you know what have you would you would would like to do they take as much offense to that and he he said like washington's former name was actual racist term but do you think we're going to see teams like the blackhawks and like the cleveland indians and whatnot rebranded well first off like you said, there's a big difference between the Washington name and right. the Indians and the Blackhawks and, like, the Braves and what you... Like, Redskin is a direct racist term. Right. Blackhawks, if I recall correctly, they were named after either the Chief Blackhawk or the Blackhawk Division in some... I, I've always... I heard it was the owner's army branch, the Blackhawks. I don't know too, too much. The Indians, the thing that they got into hot water with was Chief Wahoo, which they fixed. Right? right? They fixed that, right? I'm, pre- I'm 99% they, sure they, they fixed that up. They did, yeah. Chief Wahoo was... That was bad. That, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not laughing that it was, like, funny. I'm just, it's just, it was bad. Like, yeah, was that was... Bad? bad? <laughs> yeah, that was not good. Not good look, baseball. Um, the name, how he was depicted. I'm watching my words carefully because there's a lot of ways to mess this up, like the baseball did. Um, yeah, not a lot of great connotations to Chief Wahoo. I know the Braves too. They were asked to stop the, was it the chop? Because it's sort of like a racist thing. No, that was the Chiefs with the tomahawk chop. Oh, the, the Chiefs. You're right, the Chiefs. Yeah. That's well, it's like thing. as for like the other teams that are named after. Like Native American uh, terms or tribes, for the most part, I don't think there's really an, an issue with them because they're really just paying homage to them, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have like we have a college football team called the uh, 
the Aztecs. I, I believe it's New Mexico. Right. New Mexico State or whatever. And, you know, we have a team called the Trojans, and there's a, there's a couple other teams that are like, like that. But right. the Redskins one is just blatant racist. Bad. Yeah. Well, and that's my thing, too, is it's sort of like, it's not my fight. Like, I want to help, you know, obviously I want to be on the right side of it. So if I saw that, hey, there's a, like, the Blackhawk tribe said, hey, like, you know, we don't like the Blackhawks. We don't like the name. If the, I think it's the American Council of Native Americans or something like that. It's a really long name. It's basically the tribal tribunal. If they came out and said, hey, we do not like the Cleveland Indian name. You know what I mean? I'd be like, all right, maybe they change it. To me, it's really up to them. If they're okay with it and they look at it as, hey, you know, like, it's uh, like, a, like in remembrance or it's like, you know, showing support. If they want to use it as like a team that they follow, great. Maybe they can find a way going forward for the Blackhawks and the Indians and the Braves and Chiefs and what have you to partner and like help them with money, donate money to, you know, the, the tribunal and stuff. I wouldn't hate that idea. It's interesting, though. I think it'll be interesting to see if anything does come. I know a lot of the tribunals so far have said they're okay with those names. It really was the Redskins, which, again, you said it's a racist term, so why wouldn't they be? You know what I mean? Very interesting times, though, right? Yeah, it's, like, the way that I understood it was, like, as long as, like, the other teams, as long as they're just portraying them in a not negative or stereotypical light, like, with marketing and promotions or, like, things that they do, then it's fine. Right. And that's, and that's fair. So far, I haven't seen anything like that from them, right. anyways. Except for maybe the Tomahawk Chop's kind of... Eh, that's kind of... That's not my fight. I'm not a huge fan of it, but again, I can't say one way or other. I mean, it's not like... I can't look at that and be offended because I don't know the connotation behind it. I can't look at that and not be offended either because I don't know the connotation behind it. To me, like I said, I'll be on the right side. It just depends on what... you know. If they're cool with it, fine. But if they're not, then they need to be fixed. That's what it comes down to for me. Yeah, I'm not a Chiefs fan, so I don't really know yeah. too much about that. So I don't know the history. I don't know the backstory. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, all I know is that they were good in, like, the first year of their existence, and then they sucked for a while. Until they got Pat Mahomes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically that. Are we missing anything? We ha- we talked about a lot today. I just want to make sure we're not missing anything. We did go over the basketball mini camp too. Yeah, they're doing, like, a minicamp thing, and then they're going to be doing, like, 10 regular season games, I think, and then they're starting playoffs. Yeah. Side note, I tell you what, that'll be interesting to watch, too, for basketball, because, like, I don't know, that's to me, that's a sport you don't really need fans for, and I mean, like, I think that's going to keep its atmosphere. We'll definitely see, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had no idea that Disney had, like, its own, like whole set of basketball rinks i didn't either so yeah that was a first for me to learn that's actually quite substantive oh doubling back to baseball before i forgot do we know where the blue jays are playing i believe buffalo okay because man that was an interesting situation too yeah the raptors didn't need to worry about that because they were already in the nba bubble but the blue jays this would that that's different right Alrighty, well, we're going to have a, uh, I don't want to say we're going to do two shows a week because I'm going to be pushing it, but we're going to be doing some longer shows at least. There might be an all week off where we have two shows as we enter the play-in. And that's why I said last week, after the play-in for hockey ends, we're going to be taking a brief hiatus 
I think that'll be right around the halfway point for baseball too. So keep in mind, we're going to try to get some more content out here, especially podcast wise. And like I said, after hockey ends, we're going to take a hiatus, come back. Cause we got a lot of sports to cover. That was the, we had a lot of downtime. We got a lot of uptime now. So, but uh, we'll, we'll wrap it there for today. As always, thank you for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, Apple. What's it all we use? Castbox. Castbox. I should know, but I don't. And you can follow us on socials too. Make sure you're going around. Please rate us if you haven't already and subscribe, especially on Apple, especially on Spotify. It would help us out a lot. Help us get out our content and, you know, grow the show. But again, thank you all for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.